This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. And welcome to the Friday edition of the Noon Business Hour. For Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis. Shares of Gap fall as the retailer cuts its sales guidance and the leader of its Old Navy division resigns. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, the Federal Reserve talking about aggressive interest rate hikes as inflation continues to soar. And we're joined by David Jones, the chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver. So, David, your thoughts on what the Fed's talking about and what it means moving forward? Well, it's full speed ahead on the tightening side by the Fed, and uh, it certainly is beginning to shake up the stock market. Um, The Fed is now hinting that they may give us more than one of those big rate hikes. Uh, Normally, the Fed hikes interest rates by one quarter of one percent, or as the market calls it, 25 basis points. But at the May meeting, the Fed has already said we're going to get double that or 50 basis points in hikes. And if you wanted to make a bet on it, and I would make a bet on it, uh, we may get another 50 basis point hike in June, maybe yet another one, a third in July. So the Fed is going full speed ahead in that effort to fight inflation. And and I don't think at this moment anything's going to stop it. Remember, we looked at inflation of 8.5% on consumer prices in March year over year, and producer prices went up 11.2%, which gives us a hint that inflation is here to stay. And so the Fed has a big job to do. So your thought, is the Fed doing enough? Is it not doing enough? Or is it potentially being too aggressive in fighting inflation? Well, I don't think anybody knows for sure, perhaps even including the Fed. Um, They waited so long to start this process that I think at the moment all the Fed feels is they just got to keep tightening and the faster the better. I don't think anyone... has much of an idea about how much has to be done. My guess is that the Fed is going to have to push that federal funds rate above what the Fed calls neutral, which is around two and a half percent before this, before the end of this year. And as we go into next year, you're talking 3% or higher. And that's when things are finally starting to get tighter. And hopefully at some point, that'll have some effect on cooling off inflation. But I don't think anybody knows for sure how far the Fed has to go. And that's certainly bad news for the stock market. Is that in part due to the fact that the nature of this inflation is in some ways unlike anything we've seen before? Perfect question. Absolutely true. Um, I I just can't get over the fact that um, This whole process started with the Biden administration uh, war against fossil fuels. Um, 
the uh, that battle has caused investment funds to dry up for the exploration and production of oil and natural gas, um, and those prices have gone to the moon, and that that basically takes the lead in inflation. And if you can't get enough inflation from that harsh reality of higher energy prices, we can look ahead to the Ukraine and the fact that it's a major wheat supplier and uh, other commodity prices are going to be affected there as well. That's David Jones, the chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver. Thanks, David, as always, for great insight. Coming up, clothes retailer Gap faces a management change as it drops its sales outlook. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Shares of Gap take a dive after the clothing retailer slashes its quarterly sales guidance. There are also changes coming to the management suite. And to talk about it, we're joined by Jan Rogers-Niffen, the CEO of J. Rogers-Niffen Worldwide out of New York. So, Jan, what's going on at the Gap and why? Well, the Gap's been struggling for as long as I can remember now, I think. No, not as long as I can remember, but a very long time. But the Old Navy brand has been the workhorse of the brand, and it's been performing relatively well, much better than Banana Republic and much better than the Gap brand itself. And now it's hit a bump in the road. And I think part of that's COVID, and part of that's they were also trying to change their methodology at the same time that all this happened. They were going to expand into many more sizes for every um, brand or every style they carried. And that's complicated because you have to be right if you've got many more sizes for many more people. And right at the same time, the fashions were changing, right? We started moving back toward going out kind of clothes, away from sitting in front of our computers in our homes in our sweatsuits kind of clothes. And they got caught in the middle of that. And so they're going to have huge markdowns. And they already told us that. And that will just continue, I would guess, for most of this year at, at Old Navy. And that happened to cost the CEO of Old Navy her job. And that happens sometimes when you make a big mistake, even if part of it's not your fault. So somebody, unfortunately, has to take the blame sometimes, and oftentimes it's the top person. Now, does this suggest, you talked about the fact that Gap has had issues for a while. Old Navy had been a strong performer, now not so much is. Is this a long-term problem for the Gap, or is this something that, with some adjustments they could overcome and maybe even rebound from? I think it's a long-term problem. I mean, all they've got right now that's working is Athleta. And even that side of the business is going through some changes, right? Because we're not as addicted at the moment to athletic wear as we were a year ago. But then if you look at Banana Republic, you look at Gap, they've been struggling for years and they've continued to struggle and they haven't found a solution to fix that. Old Navy, which was really running well, has sort of got long in the tooth here and they're not as popular right now as they were with the consumer and it's hard to be cheap and fast and on fashion and expand into a complete range of sizes in every style you carry all at the same time when trying to be the workhorse of the corporation. And it just didn't work out. I don't think that there's room for people to make mistakes right now in retailing. It's just too competitive and it's going to get more competitive. And they've had issues on supply like everybody's had, but theirs have been worse. They've had issues getting the stuff on the boats to come across the country. So it's been a real issue to be competitive, even in an environment where everybody was having to fight the same battle. And then beyond that, they had this other issue that they layered it on top of it, which caused a lot more markdowns. If you have a lot more styles, 
are a lot more sizes in every style and the style doesn't work, you have a lot more markdowns and that is showing up at the bottom line. And when it starts showing up at the bottom line, you fire the CEO. That's Jan Rogers Niffen. We'll never fire you, Jan. You're the CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide in New York. Always a great go-to person whenever we're talking retail. Up next, the company behind the Snapchat app reports what it calls a challenging quarter. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Snap has fallen short of Wall Street expectations for sales and profits in the first quarter of the year. But it did see a jump in daily users. And let's take a closer look with Tim Grisky, the chief investment strategist at Inverness Council in New York. So, Tim, what's going on with Snap? Uh, hi, Jim. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, well, this has been a stock that's been on a, a downward slide for a while, really since uh, last October. Uh, the stock has really you know, cratered here. Uh, it has, I think, made it more of an opportunity perhaps to get involved here at some point, but this all comes down to the tracking transparency of the uh, Apple app. So uh, Apple isn't allowing uh, its advertisers or anybody to track uh, its uh, users. And uh, that really is how Snap uh, survives and is able to attract advertisers. So uh, this is a company all about advertising, um, that's how they make their money, and uh, they're having a hard time attra- or a more difficult time attracting advertisers because of that. Uh, so we see uh, revenues um, below expectations uh, slightly this quarter, uh, but we've seen the revisions going down here for a while uh, for this company, the revenue estimates, uh, as well as earnings estimates. Uh, this company really hasn't um, turned positive in terms of earnings. They're not making money, uh, and that has, has really hurt this stock. Tim, is the Apple factor generally just a negative in this field, or is there anybody who's actually been able to overcome the Apple factor or maybe even benefit from it? Well, I'm not sure about benefit yet, uh, but there are uh, certainly companies working on it. You know, the main competition here for Snap is Facebook, uh, also TikTok. Uh, these are social media companies. Uh, they've moved really from uh, pictures, stationary pictures, to videos as their primary means of encouraging uh, communication between its users. Uh, you know, the uh, un- unless you know Apple is able to give more transparency to its advertisers, this is a negative uh, for the industry. Uh, there probably will be ways around it. The companies are working on it. I think Facebook has made some inroads in um, in tracking, uh, but it's uh, it's still hasn't um, turned the corner yet, and neither has Snap. And that's really why both stocks uh, have had a rough go of it here for a while. By the way, Tim, I understand congratulations are in order. You're going to become the senior portfolio strategist at Ingalls & Schneider in New York. So, Way to go. See, you go on the noon business hour and people hear how smart you are and you wind up getting promoted. We appreciate it, Tim. Always your expertise. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. For Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Newly released audio of House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy captures his thoughts about President Trump right after the Capitol riot. 
A special report next from CBS. On Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the CEO of a company that's on the leading edge of language instruction. College graduation time is just around the corner, and we'll get advice on entering the workforce. Right now on Wall Street, the Dow is down 622 points, the S&P 500 down 82, and the NASDAQ is down 236 points. It's 1231. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. CBS News Special Report. Another shocking phone call has just been released from days after the Capitol attack. CBS's Scott McFarlane with the latest from Capitol Hill. In the latest audio released from the New York Times, California Congressman Kevin McCarthy, the House Republican leader, is heard telling fellow members on January 11, 2021, that he'd spoken to Donald Trump and that Donald Trump acknowledged bearing some responsibility for what happened on January 6th. Trump has never publicly accepted any responsibility for the attack. The New York Times also revealed another bombshell recording this week where McCarthy suggested he was going to urge Trump to resign. So what does this really mean? The private McCarthy was essentially conspiring with Liz Cheney, Trump's number one enemy, on how to get Trump to resign or even to use the 25th Amendment to remove him from office. The public McCarthy is one of Donald Trump's greatest supporters. At CBS News political analyst Leonard Steinhorn. CBS News Special Report. I'm Stacey Lynn. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Markets deep in the red today, and we're joined by Chuck Carlson, the CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecasts newsletter out of Hammond. So, Chuck, your take on what the heck's happening on Wall Street today? Well, I, I think it's a continuation of the downward trend we've seen over the last, well, really the last six weeks or so. Yes, we do get these rallies that, that kind of uh, occur like we saw on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. But by and large, you know, investors have been pretty quick to sell those rallies and, and to sell them pretty aggressively. And we're seeing that today. So you would think that in part investors would have factored in, you know, what the Fed was talking about, for example, because we kind of knew the Fed was kind of going in this direction. Or have we been a little bit surprised by perhaps the aggressiveness of the Fed in, in what they're maybe going to be doing over the next few months in terms of trying to tame inflation? Well, it seems like the market 
is reacting to that, but I agree with you. It, 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 this shouldn't be a surprise that the Fed is going to have to act aggressively uh, to tame inflation, and that would mean you know, 50 basis points, perhaps as much as 75 basis points hikes going forward. Uh, I think the market may be reacting as much to, you know, we are in earnings season now, and we have seen some earnings reports coming in this week. And, you know, as is the case, there, there's some good and some bad, but there does seem to be some overriding themes, that being, you know, supply chain issues are still hampering things. Companies are still grappling with higher input costs, and, and the guidance hasn't exactly been 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 great um, from the companies that have reported so far. And I think the market is probably reacting as much to that as it is to the expectation for higher rates. I mean, if there's ever a time to check out the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter, it's now because there are a lot of questions about what the market is doing and why. But what does the Dow Theory tell you about what to expect next and how investors should be reacting right now? <laughs> Well, the Dow Theory, which looks at the movement of the Dow Jones Industrial and Dow Jones Transportation Average, has, has been bearish, and it's been bearish for, for uh, well, since February 22nd, when you had both the industrials and the transports go to significant lows. So, you know, the Dow Theory is on a bear market signal right now, so we're not necessarily surprised by, you know, these downward moves. Uh, bear markets do have kind of uh, mini rallies, and we'll continue to see those rallies, but it's going to be very important, for example, for the Dow Jones Industrial Average to really hold that March 8th low that's around 32,600. That's that's a pretty key point. If you would see the Dow Industrials take out that low on a close, that is probably going to lead to more aggressive selling. So markets potentially at an inflection point here, and, and again, we're watching that March 8th low in the Dow Industrials. Chuck, we've had a lot of big headlines and big stories and big developments that have grabbed our attention. What's getting missed as a result of that that you think people should be keeping an eye on? Well, you know, the movement of the Dow Jones transportation average is, in, in our book, is, is really, really important because the Dow transports represent an important barometer for future economic activity. And if the big concern, and I think it is a legitimate concern, is that the Fed tightening is going to, you know, tank the, the economy, that's going to show up uh, significantly in the Dow Jones transportation average ahead of time. So I think, uh, A, investors should be watching those Dow transports, seeing how transportation stocks in general are behaving. B, kind of watch how uh, that March 8th low, if it holds in the industrials, and then C, you know, how are stocks responding to their earnings uh, in, in a true favorable market uh, where there are real surprises to the upside? Stocks will respond to that, um, but we really haven't seen that. that you, you know, we've seen companies beating estimates, and yet the stocks are, are moving lower, and that's not typically something you see in a bull market. That's Chuck Carlson, the CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter out of Hammond. Chuck, as always, thanks. You help clarify a lot of things going on, especially in a market like this. Up next on Entrepreneur Friday, marrying the latest technology with language instruction. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're taking a dive into language instruction using the latest technology. And to talk about it, we welcome Quinn Tabor, the CEO of Immerse in Orange County, California. So, Quinn, immersion is always great when you're learning a language. You're taking it to the next level in the metaverse, aren't you? How's it work? Yes, indeed. Yeah, thanks for having me on. 
it's pretty sci-fi. It's futuristic. We leverage the metaverse, virtual reality. We're preferred partners with Meta, recently named, uh, renamed from Facebook. And students now from around the world can place a VR headset on, and instead of learning Spanish with flashcards or Duolingo, they can travel to a virtual Madrid, meet with a real-life Spanish teacher, and practice in a task-based immersive context, which is really what learning science says is the only true way to achieve fluency. Now, we've always heard that it's the best way to learn a language is to immerse yourself in the culture, go somewhere where the language is native. How does this improve on that? That's such a good question. There's numerous things that we're able to optimize in our virtual world that actually make it even more efficient than if you were to travel and study abroad in Spain or France. For one, each of our scenes, our virtual locations, are purpose-built for language learning. So we've got games and activities and key learning objectives that are baked into everything you're experiencing. And then our teachers, they're best in class. They're certified. So they are using all of the kind of cutting-edge trends in linguistics and bring those into each of your immersive lessons. And how do you expect this to evolve as the metaverse evolves? We're still waiting to see a lot of what the metaverse is going to bring us, the technology and all of that. What are you expecting to see at Immerse as that comes online? Yeah, good question. I think that the underlying tech is really going to advance far quicker than, than you and I could ever guess. Just in the recent announcements we've seen from Meta, full face tracking, body tracking, expressions will really make it feel like you aren't just a video game character, but it's it's truly you in this virtual world, really communicating, collaborating with other friends from uh, across across the globe. Um, So I think the tech is the thing that we're most bullish on improving really, really quickly. So that's that's the one that we're, we're stoked about right now. Let me ask you this. You knew what you wanted to do when you went into this, but yeah. as the technology has evolved, as your service has evolved, as you've had customers mm-hmm. learning languages this way, what's the biggest thing that surprised you about it? Oh, man. So it's, it's, it's such a good question. I think the, I, probably the, the number one thing has been just the importance of deep customer feedback. So we, we really pride ourselves that before we launch any product or before we uh, create a new feature set, we've kind of been humbled and learned you need to go about 10, 20, 30 customer interviews and make sure that all your assumptions, everything that sounds good to you, is actually market tested. I think in the early days we had a little bit of hubris and now we're we're so customer obsessed that it saved us from all the early landmines that we stepped on. And instead, everything that we ship, we now know our customers are going to love. Well, that's what makes a great entrepreneur. And that's why we have Quinn Tabor, the CEO of Immerse from Orange County, California, on Entrepreneur Friday. Thanks, Quinn, and good luck. Still to come, what college grads need to know as they prepare to enter the workforce. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. College students will be handed their diplomas soon, and for most, that means it's time to find a job. And let's get some help for them from Rick Cobb, 
the founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern here in Chicago. So, Rick, you would think at first that in this hot job market, it should be fairly easy for college students to find a job. But I would imagine that there's some advice to maximize that job search performance and maybe some mistakes to avoid when you're looking for that first job. Absolutely. You know, it's true that the market's quite hot and there's lots of opportunity. But at the end of the day, uh, human beings hire people they like. And so as as someone out there looking, one of the things that you have to appreciate is you're looking to get the offer. You don't have to accept an offer. Uh, Someone can ask you if you'd like to do something and you can say no. But you can't turn down something that doesn't get offered. So your goal in the beginning of this process when you're having conversations with people is to try to take each conversation as far as you can towards an offer. And then once you have an offer, to think about what what about it makes it something I would want, what is it that would make it something I wouldn't want, and without becoming combative, introduce that new thing to say, basically, Jim, this is a great opportunity. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I'm a little unsure about how this part would work, whether it's hours, compensation, work from home, uh, you know, whatever it might be. So that's the first thing is you have to get the offer first before you can turn it down. And I think for, for people who are coming right out of college also, the first time you're interviewing, you also feel an unnecessary deadline for your reaction time. Like it's like you've been asked a question, you have to answer it right now. You've been given an offer, you have to make a decision right now. There's a lot more time once someone has made an offer to you There's a lot more time than you might think. And you can say, you know, this is a wonderful offer. I'm very interested. Please send me that in writing. And I'd like to come back to you after I've had a chance to review it. Um, So just buy some time for yourself. And I think the last thing is is that they think about the, 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 the culture of where you want to go and what you want to get out of it. When you're looking at the offer, you can be um, seduced, surprised, uh, infatuated with the brand, with uh, the one person that you're talking to, but are you going to report to them? Uh, do you have ways to find out from other people that have been in that organization what it's like to work there and, and what the path is after that first job? Because a lot of companies struggle with what to do with you from job one to job two, and you want to understand what that path looks like. And that helps you in terms of figuring out, okay, once I get this job, what's the best thing I need to do to try to get that career path going the way I want to? And a lot of people, as you mentioned, don't necessarily think to step two. And that's important. It's as important, perhaps, as step one. Get the job and then figure out the best way to move that career forward. It's a great great issue. And, And I think people tend to forget you can interview internally in organizations once you're there. There's this strong tendency to say, well, I'm here and this is what I do. Instead of and say, well, if I want to do something different, I have to go somewhere else. But if you if you keep your mind open as you enter the the organization and look for opportunities to move laterally, um, that's a much better move because they already know you. Rick Cobb, the founder of the workplace consulting firm to discern. Thanks, Rick. Always great job advice and workplace advice. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.